When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. We are days removed from the NFL draft. The next generation of Pittsburgh Steelers are in-house. The city is bumping. Omar Khan has a statue being built as we speak. Vibes are good. The weather's nasty, but nobody cares because everybody in the Steel City is feeling great about what the future holds. It's been a good weekend, man. How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, yeah. The um that was my first draft. It's uh it's a long was your first draft. It's a long process. Um yes. usually I like, you know, when I had like had to pay attention to the draft before, it was just I was looking for one or two guys, you know, from Pitt, you know, <laughs> just to but when you're like just waiting for, for certain teams to pick or whatever, it's a little um takes a little longer, but Yes. Yeah, just sitting at this very day. If you want, you know, to go behind the scenes, you know, it, draft coverage was just me sitting at this desk that I'm at right now for <laughs> three straight days, and it was so. This this it, was home for for a long time. It is three straight days. You don't like you don't really get to. I think the best part about covering the draft is obviously the beginning. Like you know, you weren't you weren't at the facility with me, but you get to talk to these guys immediately getting Joey Porter jr. To come after he was picked at 32 was real cool. I've never actually experienced something like that before. Um, and then his dad, Joey Porter was there too. You know, I got to congratulate him, which was, you know, just cool. It's cool to see that in person, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, that five, six, seven round guys, like you don't realize until you're in the thick of it. Like, wow, I have never in my life sat here and watched every single pick of the NFL draft. Like you, right. you just, you don't even think about it. And, then, but I mean, it's cool. Cause you get to see guys and be like, Oh yeah, it was a good pick at, you know, round six, never thought, never thought I'd pay attention and think that was a good pick, but you know, you do, you get a new perspective. Right. And those can be some of the most fun picks to watch. Like yeah, we get kind of caught up in the like, Oh, where does this guy fit in? You know, what does he mean? What's the football kind of uh, evaluation of, of this pick. But then, you see these videos of guys in their living rooms crying with their parents because, you know, yep. they just realized their dream and stuff. And that's, that's part of what makes this event special. Um, you know, you, we're months and months away from these guys ever doing anything on a football field, but you can just kind of enjoy them hitting this milestone now, which is a good, good feeling. And that's fun to watch too. Yeah, it is. It's it, the draft is, you know, it's the best weekend of the, of the year. I, I think it's, you know, 
exhilarating would be the word. You're exhausted by Sunday morning, but it's always worth it. With that said, the Steelers, I mean, walked away. I haven't seen a grade less than an A anywhere. Uh, I take that back. Mel Kuyper Jr. decided to give them a B plus, but I think people, I think Steelers fans will just look at that and say like, yeah, whatever, Mel, nobody cares. A pluses, A's all around. They walk away. Broderick Jones moving up from 17 to 14. They stick around at 32 when land Joey Porter Jr. Something many, if any of us decided are, are saw coming. Keanu Benton at 49, which was a name that Derek has tossed at us all offseason long to watch and almost guaranteed he'd be a Steeler. Spot on with that one. And then they move back from 80 to 93 and still land the guy that they say was top of their list in Darnell Washington, a name that I had them drafting in the first round in my final mock draft. And then they finish it off with Nick Herbig, which was hands down the best interview of the weekend. Like just to, just to pause here for a second, Nick Herbig, the second he answered the phone with the media, because as it works, the pick comes in, you, you get that news piece out real quick. And then you jump on a conference call with the player that just got drafted before you talk to their position coach, like the whoever's the either it's Terrell Austin or in this case, it was Denzel Martin who came in and talked to us. But you talk to the player first on a conference call and everybody's always excited. You hear the family screaming in the background. The second Nick Herbig answered the phone, he was crying. And I was just like, that is so cool. All he talked about was getting to play with his brother, Nate, which I thought was, you know, just like it gave me chills. Like as somebody who is close with my brothers, like, you know, it was so cool to be like, this guy could care less about getting drafted to the Steelers. Like it was just the fact that he gets to play with his brother. I think adds a little bit extra spark. Coolest, coolest interview of the weekend. And then they finish it off with Corey Trice, who, I mean, Nick Martin of the draft pod described it as his film has him levitating. Don't even know what that means, but (laughs) it's got to be good. Mm. And end it with Spencer Anderson, which doesn't appear to be a big name, but a guy who's played all five positions on the offensive line gives you a little bit of a John Glue feel or John LaGlue, excuse me, feel, you know, good practice squad addition, depth, deep depth to have in the seventh round. You walk away from this. Again, I, I don't I haven't seen much criticism, if any, from the Steelers draft. But how impressed were you with the haul that they were able to pull in the last three days? I was very impressed. Um they hit just about every need that they had. They did it uh by getting good value at their positions, trading back and still getting Darnell Washington was impressive. Um yeah, this was uh, Omar Khan could not have gotten his his first not could not have conducted his first draft any better. I don't think. Um, yep. Like you said, Mel Kiper gave him a, a B plus or whatever B minus. Where was the room for improvement? You know where? Like what could they have done to? You know, I guess maybe you're disappointed they didn't trade up for Jalen Carter, but that seemed like a long shot to begin with. This is. Yeah. Yeah, this was about as good a, a draft as it could have gone. I was so shocked that Darnell Washington slid as far as he could. That felt like that was the. Like Project Jones, good pick. Joey Porter, good pick. Yannou Benton, good pick. But Washington at that spot felt like the the highlight of the draft to me. Yeah, I I agree. And even with the Jalen Carter thing, like in the moment, you're sitting there and you're going, "Oh, he's at nine. Here he goes. Steelers got to make a move now." Or you know, it, whether it was Christian Gonzalez or whoever, there were names out there. But to not do it, land Broderick Jones, who's now your franchise left tackle, and then be able to draft Keanu Benton at 49 which is like if you're going to get a substitute for Jalen Carter I get it Keanu Benton is not Jalen Carter but you feel really good about that pick like you're not upset about the new defensive line addition 
to the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, oh man, they didn't get Jalen Carter. Like, no, they got Keanu Benton. Feel pretty good about it. But I agree with you. Darnell Washington at 93 was was nuts. And what's even more nuts about that is the fact that they took a risk. They didn't move back three spots. This wasn't a this wasn't a uh, right. let's just you know back it up one or two spots because he's still going to be there. Or you moved 13 spots back. That's half the NFL. And you said, mm-hmm. well, we know that this he's not going to get drafted. He'll still be there. He's our guy. And to land, I, just like you said, like I was shocked. I get the medical stuff. Like, you know, if he's got a bad knee, that's worrisome. But this, you don't draft somebody in the third round unless your doctors are telling you he's going to be fine. Like everything's mm-hmm. totally okay. Maybe, maybe he needs this or that over the summer and he's a little slow to get started. But long term, everything's going to be totally fine. Like you don't take a risk on a guy like that, especially in the third round. But I agree with you that that pick right there was. Like that was the highlight. You could talk about moving up from 17 to 14 and only giving up a fourth round pick. You feel really good about that one too. Shout out to the Patriots screwing the jets. That's got to feel real good for you. And you know, you could talk about getting Joey Porter jr and, and holding strong there, but to take that risk and understand, I think that's what it showed me is that Omar Khan gets this league so well, like he has such a strong understanding of what's going on around him that he was able to say, yeah, we can move back 13 spots and our guy is still going to be there. Like, we're, we're totally fine with it. It's not a risk at all. And then, to, I mean, you got to remember, like, you don't get Nick Herbig if you don't make that move. And somehow you landed both of them. Herbig was definitely high on their list, like 100% high on their list to be able to make that move. Uh, yeah, that's that's my biggest win, excuse me, from this draft for the Steelers is to get Darnell Washington but I, I think that the fact that you were able to still get Joey Porter Jr. at 32, like that's a guy that me and you 48 hours before this start, 24 hours before this thing kicked off, had a consensus that that was their pick at 17 right. to slide down to to 32. I mean, you got to feel bad for Joey Porter Jr. But if anything, I think it it helps the situation because I think he's pissed. Like, you know, Joey <laughs> Porter Jr. is all smiles all the time. And he came in there and he's like, yeah, man, I had to leave the draft. I was so I was so upset. And now I got a chip in my shoulder. And I think that's an even better Joey Porter Jr. that you're getting to get him at 32 than than to get him at 17. It just seems like if you put all the mock drafts together, everything that we talked about and just slammed it into one and said, these are the best picks from each of them. Omar Khan just put them all into his actual draft class, which has never happened before. I think that's the Omar is probably the biggest takeaway from this whole thing is just how impressive he was, especially knowing who the Steelers were and how stagnant this team was and how, you know what I mean? The poking meme with the stick that's like, do something. That's like, that's been the mascot of this team for the last decade. And then he walks in here and in three days, he's just like, screw it. I'm going to blow the whole thing up. Yeah, it was a real shot in the arm. I felt like, you know, I felt like people were a little more on edge going into this draft. Like you didn't know where they were going to go. I felt like there were a lot of options and you didn't love every one of them, but everything kind of fell their way. Um, and I think you made a great point about Omar kind of having his finger on the pulse, just where the league is and where his, where his competitors are and where the people yep. ahead and behind him in the draft were and people competing for the same players. And he pushed all the right buttons to make sure that they landed everything that they needed through this draft. Like the, it, I, the idea that the fact that they got, I, I'm willing to say three first round talents between yep. Washington Porter and Broderick Jones with within 93 picks. Like that's, 
that's pretty crazy and that's pretty nuts. And Omar Khan deserves every ounce of credit that he's gotten over the weekend. Oh, yeah. And he got and he got a lot, and it was all yes. it was all deserved. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, he did it. I was loving it. I was loving because you could tell like in the press conference, like you have to target. And it's always awkward to ask questions about a guy sitting right there to the guy sitting next to him. But like you could tell Mike Tomlin was just like, this guy deserves his flowers. Give him his flowers. Like, you know, and Omar was just like, yeah, man, I killed it. It is what it like. The fact that Mike acknowledged the con artist meme was our (laughs) nickname was awesome. Um, But I agree with you. Like you walked out of this draft. The Steelers somehow walked out of here. Like we were talking, maybe they'd get one starter. Maybe, maybe they'd get two. No, depending on the move or where it is. The Steelers walked out of here with a franchise left tackle, a franchise cornerback, possibly a second cornerback because Corey Trice is 6'3", 210 pounds, could play inside, outside, and safety. If he didn't tear his ACL and have two ankle surgeries, then... You know, you, maybe you're talking about this guy a lot higher than the seventh round. I got expectations for him. I'm not going to say he's a franchise corner, but a, a good seventh round pick. But he walked out of here with the franchise left tackle, which is the first time in our existence that the Steelers have had a franchise left tackle ever. I've never been alive for them to have a franchise left tackle, a franchise cornerback for just the second time. I mean, D- Joe Hayden, great move, but you got him later in his career. This is the biggest name to play corner for the Steelers since Ike Taylor. Yeah. A second tight end, which in today's NFL is as valuable as the first one and adds value to the other two tight ends that you were already hoping turned into franchise tight ends. So that's a third starter. You got a nose tackle. That's a fourth starter. And you have your third edge rusher slash off ball linebacker. You fill two positions in one spot and then hopefully you got some type of depth on the offensive line, like absolutely what you had seven picks and you walked away with four, maybe four and a half starters. That's that doesn't happen in the NFL like that. Just it does not happen at all. And then, you know, you afterwards, you just continue the dominance. Yeah. Uh, so they made what? Six picks, five, pick, no, seven. seven, seven picks. Six of those guys are going to play next year. Yes. Yeah. Everyone outside of Anderson is going to going to contribute in some way. Like even yep. Trice and Herbig, they're, they're going to play. I mean, Trice is probably the biggest wild card, but Herbig's going to play. Washington's going to play. Benton's going to play Porter and Broderick Jones are all going to play and play some significant stap, snaps. And I don't know. That's, and, and that doesn't feel like a threat. You know that like you're, no. you're excited about this. You're excited to see what these guys can do because they're at positions of need, really talented. And you felt like you got a steal at, at each of these picks. Yeah. And I think what's, what's cool is you know after after now maybe it's the end of the draft and maybe it's after day one I don't remember but even Matt Canada acknowledged it during his press conference is that they target these guys who come from winning programs because they already know how to win and I think that's mm-hmm. huge because me and you have talked about this before I've hammered this notion the entire offseason that I think the Steelers Super Bowl window opens this season and with this draft it only widens like you're only looking at this going, 
oh, okay, well, things are getting brighter now because you look at the teams who win Super Bowls and they have those young pieces in key positions who come in here. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs last year, Creed Humphrey playing center. Like that is a that is a key position to have a rookie come in and be as dominant as you need him to be. Broderick Jones is a perfect, perfect example there. Um, to Kansas City, again, with their cornerbacks, very young yeah. corners. Joey Porter Jr. is about to step in here with Patrick Peterson. Like it's the perfect mix of we have veterans who know how to win in this league, who are very dominant in this league. And now we have rookies who on most teams in the NFL would start immediately. And now they get to blend in and mix well or mix in as well. I think it's huge. Um, I think the biggest winners on the Steelers and maybe, you know, you got different thoughts here. Kenny Pickett, obviously, you know, to have Darnell Washington and a franchise left tackle, that's huge. Najee Harris, though. I think yeah. there is no bigger winner coming out of this draft than Najee to sit there and be like, it has been two very, very long years of a developing offensive line. And he's walking into this season with the right side, which is already cemented in Chooks, James Daniels, and then Mason Cole. And now he just got a new left guard that he feels that you have to feel very confident in. Like the dude just went to the Super Bowl on the best yeah. running team in football. Right. That was the best offensive line in football, too. Like the best was... offensive line in football. And he was the starting left guard. Now he's in Pittsburgh. And you just drafted an absolute freak of a left tackle and the biggest tight end in the NFL instantly, who right. teams were asking at the NFL combined if he would move to tackle in the NFL <laughs> if given the opportunity. So he's mm. clearly knows how to block. Like Najee's got to be on cloud nine right now, thinking, right. wow, this is about to be a wild year. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, Najee's probably the biggest winner. I'd say another one is Terrell Austin. Like he got yes. some great pieces, some like great weapons on on defense to play around with between Benton, Trice, Herbig, and then obviously Porter too. He's just got he's got options now. Um, I felt like we came into this offseason looking at the defense and thinking, wow, the cupboard's kind of bare. Their options, you know, either they're re-signing free agents that you're not super thrilled with, or you're going to the draft and counting on a lot of rookies, but they made some moves in the offseason that made these draft moves, I felt like, even stronger, you know? Yeah. Um, signing Patrick Peterson makes that Joey Porter uh, addition, like, look really great. Tries to, because if you, if you oh, yeah. tries to develop, I mean, that's the guy you need to develop with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you already have, uh, you know, some starting linebackers, you feel like, in there, so Herbig can come along, too. He's got guys to learn from. Same with Benton, uh, like Keanu Benton getting to learn from Cam Hayward. That's like, that seems ideal. Um, yep. Yeah. Like I think Terrell Austin is another big winner in just the defense as a whole. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge opportunity all around. I, I mean, and you, you go through, I had a thought that it's totally gone now. I had a thought on what you were saying there, but I, I agree. I think Terrell, like this is, this is now a team where, and, and on top of that, you know, you, you now look at it and what comes next, you know, like what, what moves can still be made. And I think they set themselves up for that perfectly as well. Like Akella Witherspoon has been a guy that's been teetering on, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? What's going to happen here? You don't cut Akella Witherspoon. What you do is either you bring him into the off season or into the summer and you feel really good about him or you trade him and you get right. a fifth round value for this guy and boom you just added another fifth round pick and replaced him with a rookie that you got in the seventh round like that's got to feel that that's got to feel so good you now allow Patrick Peterson to really genuinely move around you add another option 
to replace Arthur Millette in coverage at times. Yeah, it's just the what they did was you you take pressure off of Mark Robinson because you yeah. know Nick Herbig could play off ball and off the edge, so it feels two two holes there. And you're not looking at Braden Fajoko and Armand Watts as your only starters at nose tackle. Keanu Benton could start and learn at the same time, play right. two downs at nose tackle, one down at defensive tackle. Like that's huge. Like what they did was was yeah. so so big and then they go into the undrafted class and they add even more and i'm i'm impressed with that class as well I, yeah. I mean you look at names like you know tanner morgan's the big one obviously that stands out quarterback out of minnesota i don't really know how i feel about this guy but i, I think that i watched a couple of highlights from him i think he's real hit or miss you know but as a third quarterback what are you going to do uh monty the mullet pot and bomb pop bomb hell yeah, hell yeah. yeah what a name favorite player on the entire entire roster hands down immediately. Uh, you get another return guy in Jordan Bird, who you got to feel real good about. Um, and then my favorite guy out of this entire draft is David Perales, defensive end out of Fresno State. I shouldn't say out of the entire draft, out of the entire undrafted free agent class. Guy comes in here after 23 sacks in college. I believe he had 11 and a half this past season. Shocked that he didn't get drafted. But to come in here, like that's another edge rusher that you could compete and beat out Quincy Roche. And now you have four edge rushers all of them under the age of like 28 years old, two of them on contracts for the next five years. And then two of them on rookie deals for the next four years. That's huge. Like that is as good as it gets for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I feel like it's hard to get some, like get to add as much depth as add as much quality depth that is, will be ready right away through the draft as the Steelers did. Um, They, like you said, you just rattled off a bunch of names that they've added that, could play. They have at least seven or eight guys who could play right away. I'm just so excited for training camp because I'm excited yeah. to see which of these guys really separate themselves and who of these guys, you know, we can talk about, you know, oh, these guys could play, you know, there's opportunities, there's paths, but I'm just really excited to see who actually separates themselves and who we walk away from camp in Latrobe thinking, oh, this guy's an NFL player right away. And we, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, and think about a year ago when we were out there. You know, we were drooling over guys like Denzel Scott, who <laughs> yeah. had no business making the NFL, like none at all. But to us, we were like, this guy looks impressive. Like, you, how deep you have to go to find those off the wall random guys this year mm-hmm. is going to be is going to be so difficult. You know, like you can't you, you can't find a, a corner out there this year for the Steelers that isn't already on the roster. You know, like you're not going to get, you're not going to get that random dude who shows up at, you know, rookie mini camp and then gets an invite to training camp. You know, you're not going to find that. I mean, maybe a wide receiver, but maybe a linebacker, but you're not going to find that, you know, that, that um, offensive or defensive lineman, you know, those guys aren't there anymore. Those positions are already filled. Like this team is ready to go. Now it's just about, okay, who's, who's actually this good. Who's even better than we anticipated. And who's ready to, you know, earn a spot that maybe wasn't able to earn a spot. And I'm t- I think every single one of these draft picks, I mean, even, even Spencer Anderson is a guy that do I expect him to make the, the roster? No, but I think that is as high quality of a practice squad guy as they possibly come like John LeGlue energy to the, to the point where he could play center. He could play guard. He could play tackle wherever you need this guy to, to play. He started right. at all five positions in college. That does not happen. And then you, you go out and you sign, um, who do they say out of Iowa state, Trevor Downing, who started for at center last year, 
for Iowa State, who played on a team Iowa State averaged like 400 yards a game in 2022 like wild offense he comes in here he started at center and both guards and played a little bit of tackle as well like you know you just grab guys that you're just like worst case scenario we could plug you in anywhere we need you to go right and that's just so valuable you know especially a year ago when jc hassenauer and kendrick green were like the prime backups for this team you you forget at this point that kendrick green's even on the roster right now for the Steelers. oh yeah absolutely like do you feel like he uh, I guess they didn't draft many guards, but you know he maybe. No, nah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's you think gone. he's like, I think gone, he like... Him. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I don't even know if you could get anything for him. Maybe, was, maybe yeah. you could get a fifth round pick for him. Maybe for a team yeah. that like really wants him. But like, no. What do you for a guy who didn't suit up one time last year? In my opinion, and you know, I I know that this is just a, an opinion, but I looked at Kendrick Green as the only reason he's still on the roster is because the Steelers don't want to admit how bad they screwed up. You know, like how bad of a pick that was. But he's not a guy that, you know, if you couldn't suit him up over J.C. Hassenauer last year, you're not you're not suiting him up over, you know, Nate Herbig and Kevin Dotson this year. It's just not yeah. happening. And Kevin Dotson, that's another name. Like you could trade Kevin Dotson at any point this offseason and get value for him back too. You're just stockpiling because of how deep you are. That's crazy. Do you think uh, Kevin Dotson actually ends up getting moved? And like, what, what's kind of his value? Because I saw that a bunch during the draft. People seem to think that because of these moves, the, the Steelers have that option now. I, I do think that they have that option. I, I don't know where his value is. Like, I have a hard time with that one. He's a fourth round pick. He's got starting experience. So I think that you, you know, you get something for him. Like, I, I think that he goes to a lot of teams and has an opportunity to start. But I also think that the Steelers aren't going to just like give up on him. You know what I mean? Like, they're not just going to be like, oh, okay, well, it's over. You know, we're, we're moving on. Kevin Dotson's, you know, he's getting caught or he's getting traded before training camp starts. I think you go into training camp, you see what happens. You know, maybe Isaac Siamalu isn't, isn't it. I expect him to be it. I have no expectations for him not to be it. But I think that you you don't trade Dotson until you, like, really have to. And then you trade Kevin Dotson. Yeah. But I think you could, get, you could get a fifth-round value for him. Maybe even a fourth, you know, depending on – what happens? Because if somebody goes down in training camp somewhere, you know, and a team needs a needs a guard, Dotson comes in here with two years of starting experience and has looked good, like very good at times, looked decent at other times. Like there's never been a point where you're like, oh, Kevin Dotson stinks. He's given up two concussions to Kenny Pickett. Yeah, 100 percent. But the second one was 100 percent Kenny Pickett's fault yeah, mm. to a degree. Like, you know, you don't let Roquan Smith just walk by you. But Kenny Pickett needs to learn when to get the hell down and not take hits from Roquan Smith four ga- four snaps into the game. Yeah. But you look at Kevin Dot like you, you look at him as a he's a value guy. You know, like on he's not he doesn't have a place. He has a place on all 32 teams in the NFL and that holds value. Yeah, I was going to say he's not it's it's different from Kevin uh, Kendrick Green because you're not just like I'll take what I can get for him. Yeah. Like it's got to be a good value for him because he provides you with value. Um Yes. I was going to ask were you surprised that so outside of is Jordan Bird, San Diego stays that he's a yeah. wide receiver, right? So that's running the back only... wide receiver, kind of like he's like a Dre Archer, mm-hmm. which is a bad comparison. To <laughs> NFL, but that's uh-huh. what he reminds me of. Yeah, uh, were you surprised that they didn't draft a wide receiver or you know take any other kind of big name like that? From, from I, I was, but I think that they set themselves up to avoid that that position of need. You know, mm-hmm. like you still somehow walk into the summer with 
Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Allen Robinson, and now you're allowed to use Pat Fryermuth anywhere you want on the football field, which I expect him to play a lot more slot receiver than I do, you know, off the line. Like I expect I expect Pat Fryermuth to almost be identical to Travis Kelsey, like in what he does in Kansas City, which is not a whole ton of actual tight end. Um, mm-hmm. Connor Hayward's the same way. Like I expect Connor Hayward to be used a lot in you know, the slot and those, those check down guys like do, I think the Steelers biggest need was speed. And, and we've talked about that. They don't have a long ball. They have nobody to go deep, but maybe Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson could go deep. Like he's caught deep balls before he's shown that he could beat people, you know, with his release. George Pickens is just a throw it up and who cares who's down there. He's going to catch a type of guy would have liked them to add somebody with that same value. Wouldn't rule it out that they're still going to, you know, I don't think it'll come after with this rookie class, but I think that somewhere, somehow they might still do that. But I think what they did was the addition of Darnell Washington allows them to now have those check down guys that I don't think they necessarily had last year. Like they didn't have that, you know, in middle of the field, get seven yards type of target. Pat Fryermute's now that guy. Connor Hayward's now that guy. Allen Robinson's that guy. So I, I think that they allowed themselves to, you know, expand roles enough to fill that need. I was a little bit surprised. I don't think Bird is an option there. I mean, he's five nine, like 180 pounds. It's yeah. not really like again, Dre Archer's the the he is the comparison, and that's that's mm-hmm. rough. I know. I hope he's yeah. got to turn out better than Dre Archer, but I just I don't know. But I, I I'm not upset about it. I think that was their only like glaring, like, uh, you know, could have did that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, discredit them for it. Yeah. And if, you know, there's not really a huge chance that, that bird is any better than Calvin Austin. Who's already five, nine. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Like you already have a bird bird also played, like he played running back in college. I don't know why the Steelers listed him as a wide receiver. Like maybe I guess he played a little bit of both. If you look up his, his stats and he, what do you have at San Diego state? He had, um, yeah, 13, 1300 yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 12, 12 touchdowns on the ground, you know? Yeah. So like he was, he was primarily, but he was just like that, like utility piece. Like he was just that mm-hmm. like secret weapon yeah. for the Aztecs. And that's, that's, you know, he won't, he's got such a long shot to make this team, but like, maybe he's a better Anthony McFarland, you know, yeah. maybe that's what he turns out to be. You know, maybe he's a return specialist where you don't have to have Calvin Austin on the field, returning kicks and punts all the time, or Deontay Johnson returning kicks or punts or, you know, maybe he's an option to get rid of Gunner. I just, you know, I, I think that he he has some value. But, yeah, I do agree with you. I think that that was my only, like, eh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they could have did that. Um, but, but the rest of them, I don't know. I feel real good about the whole situation, even with the Monty Mullick. Like, you know, like that guy, if you guys haven't seen a picture of him, go mm. Google a picture of uh, Monty. Looks like a fullback. Looks like a fullback from Iowa. Looks like yeah. a fullback from Iowa. I wish I knew how to pronounce his last name better. Potabom. I, yeah, I, bomb. Is. I think you got it. Yeah. Pot bomb. Yeah. The dude's dude is just, I, I think what, what is good about him is you add him and you give him an actual chance to make the roster and do, is he going to make the roster? Like the chances there are almost a zero, but you give him an opportunity to, and if he does, you don't have to turn Connor Hayward into a blocking fullback. You just right. turn him into a pass catcher, you know, like you just let him to be a utility piece. And then you let this guy Monty mullet be, you know, just like, okay, go run straight thing. forward and hit somebody, you know, oh, yeah. 
that's 100% your job. And he'll do it. You know, I don't even know anything oh, about yeah. this guy. Haven't watched one clip, a highlight of him. I know for a fact he'll run full force into that line. Yeah, fullback Eyes from Iowa. Closed. Yeah, fullback from Iowa, you have to know how to hit people. There's no, no, yeah. no getting around that. No, no. And when you look like that, I mean, I was hyped. That was the, I, when I walked in to my house and that was the first thing. It was like 11 o'clock at night or so. No, it wasn't that late. It was like 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. And I was, you know, writing down all the stuff and I Googled a picture of, because that's what you saw. Everybody's like, Monty the mullet. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I have to see what this guy looks like. And I was just like, well, he's hands down my favorite draft pick. Yeah. And he's not even a pick. He's my favorite signing that Steelers made all offseason, hands down. I hope he makes the team. I, you know, I hope I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a Monty Mullet pusher in hopes that my influence forces the Steelers to at least consider keeping this guy around. Special teamer. I don't care. I don't care what he's yeah. run the ball a couple of times. Just let me talk to him a couple times at, at rookie minicamp. Just let me. Oh, he's the first person. Everybody's going to be talking to Broderick and Joey Porter Jr. and Darnell Washington and so on and so forth. I'm going to be standing there right next to Monty. Just like, so when did you decide to grow the mullet? Did, did was it nice? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this Were you just born like with this mullet? Yeah, did yeah. Is this, yeah. Did you, did, was this your first haircut? And you just decided yeah. this, this is what happens in Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Like This is what you guys do? Agreed. It was such a stud. I mean, but it mixed in with studs across this draft board. Phenomenal weekend for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they could have got any better. I think that the 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 belief and the thought and the hope that this team is pointed in the direction of a Super Bowl is definitely there. And you got to see the talent on the field, obviously. But, I mean, every step of the way, it just feels like it's win after win after win, which shout out to Omar Khan because this guy's absolutely smoking his job. You know, there's it's hard to hit that like Howie, uh, Howie Roseman, you know, type level in the NFL. Omar is gaining a lot of speed to just be like a part of that elite group. And the team has to win on the field, obviously, but putting those pieces together in this first offseason. Absolutely wild. Chase Claypool for Joey Porter Jr. I think highlights many, many positive moves that this guy has made and corrected for the Pittsburgh Steelers and things. Seem very, very good. With that, we're heading out of here on a very positive note that the Pittsburgh Steelers NFL draft was a total success. Again, shout out to Omar and all of the seven picks and seven undrafted free agents that are now part of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. We will be back on Wednesday. Thank you for jumping on to another episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all of mine, Steven's work at allsteelers.com and inside the panthers.com. And like I said, we will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy a beautiful post draft week here in the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs>